0: We have an opportunity to set a new standard in North America for a modern and compassionate approach.
1: Now on the news hour, confronting a mass mental health crisis. Millions announced to bolster outreach initiatives, but where will we find the
2: workers? Plus, it's one service, one essential service that will help bring people back as they start to rebuild.
1: The little shop with Big Purpose and Fire ravaged Litton giving a whole new meaning to Convenience Store And
0: He would like to return his t-shirt after 42 years because obviously it was of poor quality as it uh, has deteriorated over time.
1: No kidding. Return a long overdue. The seriously vintage Varsity t-shirt that traveled the world and time before it was finally exchanged. Good evening and thanks for joining us. It was a key campaign promise during last fall's civic election in Vancouver, the hiring of more mental health workers to tackle the ongoing mental health and addictions and public safety crisis. Today, more details on exactly how that initiative will be funded were made public, with one very big assumption, that those skilled workers can even be found in the midst of a labor shortage. Grace Key reports.
0: We have an opportunity to set a new standard in North America for a modern and compassionate approach towards addressing the complex and often interlinked challenges uh, regarding public safety and mental health.
4: The City of Vancouver has announced its plans on awarding Vancouver Coastal Health with a $2.8 million grant. Most of the money will be used to hire 58 new mental health nurses.
0: This investment along with the funding allocation from council to hire 100 additional police officers, will serve to bolster Vancouver's frontline mental health and public safety response.
5: Says
4: he's a schizophrenic male. The money will be used to pair a police officer with a nurse in response to a mental health crisis, establish non-police de-escalation services for non-critical situations, and strengthen Indigenous services.
6: And these programs that have been developed over the last 45 years our leading-edge programs, they've been recognized throughout North America, but today we're going to make those programs stronger and even better and more expansive.
4: As soon as the funding is approved, Vancouver Coastal Health will start with recruitment, expected to take two to three months, with services anticipated by the end of the year. We have been successful in recruiting nurses and other mental health workers who are passionate
7: about working in the downtown east side and in inner city, and our team believes we can do that for this program as well.
4: The announcement was made with the city, province, coastal health and police standing together all stressing the importance of partnership
6: for vancouver they've identified an opportunity where they can step up and support the efforts that the province is rolling out province-wide across vancouver region and i want to recognize that the mayor has done that uh, and uh, and made that commitment found that opportunity and is delivering for vancouverites Uh, it's not an either or uh, it's all of us working together, and I think that's what today's announcement is really all about.
4: Recommendations for the grant go before City Council on February 14th. In future years, the City's annual grant to coastal health will grow to $8 million. Money may be used for more preventative and proactive services. Grace Key, Global News.
1: It is a big week ahead in the world of politics. Premier David Eby also focused on tomorrow's throne speech in Victoria, his first since taking office as premier. Our Keith Baldry joins us now with more on this from Victoria. Keith, what can we expect from that speech tomorrow?
3: Yeah, I'll go out on a limb, Sarah, and say that it's probably going to be a fairly vague document, because that's what throne speeches are. They're not very detailed, not a lot of concrete information in in them, more inspirational documents. Tomorrow's all about pomp and ceremony and everyone getting together to kick off the spring election, spring uh, session at the legislature. Uh, So it's going to be a pretty lively day starting at uh, 2 o'clock with Janet Austin, you see here last year, reading the speech from the throne. But again, David Eby has his priorities, and they will be reflected in tomorrow's speech. for example you expect to hear a lot about improving health care public safety housing and affordability and guaranteeing a strong and clean economy those are his sort of favorite food groups his hot button issues that's what he's been spending all his time on when it comes to priorities so we expect to see some more information how he's going to accomplish some of the tasks he's laid out here on some of these priority issues it all begins at two o'clock
1: Okay, and all that said, there will be a very notable absence. The premier himself will not be in attendance for his own government's throne speech. He'll be in a different province, Keith.
3: Yeah, first time. I've, I've covered more than 30 throne speeches. I can't remember a premier ever missing a throne speech, Dave. But David Eby, I think you can argue he's going to someplace more important, quite frankly. That's to Ottawa to meet with his fellow premiers and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to talk about coming up with a new funding model when it comes to health care. So billions of dollars are at stake. A lot of details in Ottawa, not a lot of details tomorrow here in the throne speech. David Eby walking us through what he wants to see done in Ottawa on Tuesday.
6: Unfortunately, I won't be there because I'll be working on one of those priorities in Ottawa. I'll be uh, leaving for Ottawa uh, tomorrow to meet with premiers from across Canada, uh, from the provinces and territories to talk about the Canada health transfer, to make sure that we have a strong federal partner working with us on delivering care for British Columbians, and an important meeting on Tuesday with the Prime Minister and all of the premiers from across Canada to discuss how we can work better together to deliver for Canadians.
3: So, Premier Eby will literally be in the air when the speech is being read. Again, we'll be carrying this live on BC1 starting a little after 2 o'clock to hear from Lieutenant Governor Janet Austin. It usually goes about 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and I'll be on afterwards, of course, with some analysis.
1: Sounds good. Much more coverage to come on this tomorrow, as you said. Keith Baldry in Victoria. Thanks, Keith. On Vancouver Island, a polarizing overdose prevention site in Nanaimo was forced to close its doors last week after the city declared it a nuisance property. As Julie Nolan reports, it's the latest move by a municipality focused on public safety as the province embarks on its mission to decriminalize hard drugs.
8: The disturbances caused by activities on this property are unfair to the citizens and the taxpaying residents of our city.
7: Nanaimo City Council no longer in support of the peer-run overdose prevention site called the Nanaimo Area Network of Drug Users, or NANDU, after months of complaints. There's
0: nothing more than an open-air open crack house. I haven't seen any indication of lives being saved
7: last month council voted the drug consumption site to receive a nuisance designation meaning no more testing for toxic drugs for nearly 200 sign-ins or users a day
2: we're not welcome around here pretty much (laughs) and i think the neighbors around here have been through enough
7: NANDU volunteers say they understand the concerns from nearby residents such as excessive noise, break-ins and increased traffic. They agree NANDU needs a fresh start and new rules for users. But We just
2: need to be more organized. We need to be a little more strict with how we deal with people that have anything to do with um, any crime or
5: anything. The fact is this is a serious community problem. It is I would say a crisis in our province.
7: Nanaimo's mayor says there are not enough supports as the three-year trial of decriminalization of small quantities of drugs is underway.
5: There is genuine community concern about how this decriminalization will roll out uh, and I think a great deal of doubt that it's not going to have any significant positive impact.
7: In the meantime, drug users can instead go to a new harm reduction facility next to City Hall run by the Canadian Mental Health Association.
6: The province has to uh, figure out how to um, provide o- overdose prevention services in a way that's not going to cause severe impacts to the surrounding community. They really need to have treatment for these homeless people.
7: With new bylaws for fines for public drug use in places like Campbell River now being introduced, other city councils may also soon opt for their own strategies around this week's decriminalization efforts. Julie Nolan, Global
2: News.
1: Well, we've all witnessed a bad parking job. Maybe we've even been responsible for one ourselves, but it's hard to top this. Take a look. Early Saturday, Vancouver police found this luxury sedan parked across the train tracks at Parker and Glen Street in East Vancouver. The driver was allegedly impaired and lost. The car was impounded and its driver was issued an immediate roadside suspension. The tracks were not damaged. Last Tuesday, a BMW was towed from Stanley Park after its driver overshot the parking parking lot by just about 90 meters. The term child pornography could soon be replaced in Canadian legislation after a local MP's private member's bill received unanimous support in the House of Commons. If passed, Bill C-291 will change the term child pornography to child sexual abuse material under the criminal code. The bill was brought forward last year by Kamloops Thompson Caribou Conservative MP Frank Caputo. He says the word pornography does not fit sex crimes involving minors because it implies consent.
9: It's sexual abuse of children. Let's not butter up what's happening. It's an absolutely horrific offense. Let's call it what it is.
1: It shifts
0: the way that we're thinking about these things and like really puts that attention on the the crime that's been perpetrated against the victims or survivors
7: in these cases.
1: The bill still needs to clear two more Senate readings before it can be passed into law. Premier David Eby has weighed in on a dispute between the province and a Vancouver Island First Nation over the construction of the new Cowichan District Hospital. The $1.45 billion project is the first major health facility being built under the Community Benefits Agreement. The government says the program prioritizes the hiring of unionized local workers, including Indigenous people, for government projects. However, the Cowichan tribe says its companies have been excluded from work on. On the new hospital, which is being built on their traditional territory because employees aren't members of a recognized union. That's one of the requirements of the CBA. The tribes and government officials have been in talks to try to resolve the issue.
6: It's important for us to address these issues as a provincial government to ensure that every British Columbian benefits from public dollars. That's why we have infrastructure programs that emphasize uh, ensuring that there's a return to the public, that there are opportunities for women, that there are opportunities for indigenous people, that there are opportunities for underrepresented groups in apprenticeships, in the trades, especially in construction, as we see labor shortages being a serious issue. So the Cowichan issue is, uh, is certainly a priority for me uh, and for our government to address, and we are working closely with Cowichan and with labor to address it.
1: A bittersweet moment today for the family of Gino Ogic one day after a celebration of life was held for the beloved former Vancouver Canuck enforcer. His family was able to see Gino Ogic's display at the BC Sports Hall of Fame this afternoon, taking photographs next to his of the fan favorite. For most of them, this is the first time they've been able to personally see the display honoring their loved one. Ojuk died last month at the age of 52 after battling a terminal heart condition. He played 12 seasons in the NHL, eight of them with the Canucks. A service was held yesterday afternoon on Musqueam territory.
7: Dino you know, really wanted his children to uh, see his, his uh, picture in the Hall of Fame up on the wall and you know especially being close to uh right next to pat quinn and of course he wanted them to see the uh indigenous uh display and and uh, gino being a part of the display as well and so the children to see his uh his uh display as well so it was very very important to him when he first got into uh the hall that you know he wished all his kids were here and you know uh, unfortunately they're here now but uh Uh, he can't show that himself so uh, you know I hope that uh, they can really understand the importance it was to him. I'm sure they will. When everything happened
0: there was just so much emotion coming through and everyone's just been reaching out from people all across the world there. We had Famous people reaching out. We had all of his ex teammates and then coming here and feeling the love in Vancouver. It's, it's beautiful. It's insane.
2: Well, when I just first heard about it, I was amazed. And I didn't even know before that
1: I, have, I had a grandpa who was that famous. Coming up, rebuilding to revitalize a devastated community. It's really
0: good to have a store back in our community to save us on fuel, to travel out of town.
1: A major milestone is marked in Lytton a year and a half on from the wildfire that tore through it as a new store opens its doors. Plus, the cat that floated back, the remarkable water rescue of a frazzled feline in the Okanagan, that is coming up a bit later in the show. Stay with us. A massive multi-government deal has been struck to help better protect the province's coastline. Fifteen First Nations, along with the federal and provincial governments, have announced details of a plan for all parties to work together to protect and manage the coastal region that stretches from Haida Gwaii to mid-Vancouver Island. The announcement was made today at the International Marine Protected Areas Conference, which is being held in Vancouver this week. For many of those involved, this agreement has been decades in the making.
3: Our ability to come together as Indigenous people, as we have for 14,000 years, has led to this position where we're doing this together. In 1998, Parks Canada wanted to do what we're doing today. Then DFO wanted to talk about how their pieces fit in. But we stood together and we said, no, we need to do this planning jointly first. There's some tremendous issues that we need to discuss and get clarity about where each other sits on this.
1: Ottawa says it is working with First Nations and the province to conserve 25% of Canada's oceans by 2025 and 30% by 2030. It has been more than a year and a half since fire devastated the village of Lytton and the neighbouring Lytton First Nation. While the rebuild process has been very slow, locals are hoping a new grocery store is one step towards recovery and the return of a sense of community. Kristen Robinson explains.
2: For the first time in 19 months, Lytton residents can buy groceries at home. Thank you. Thank you. Have a
8: nice day. Yes, yes, too.
2: Produce, meat, dairy, and snacks all available at the Lytton First Nation Community Store.
7: Yes,
0: it's a job in an
2: hour. Which had customers tearing up when it opened in late January.
7: Everybody just so joyful. To have something to come to.
2: Mostly happy. People are mostly glad to have a store back.
0: Yeah, it's really good to have a store back in our community. To save us some fuel to travel out of town.
2: Built from refurbished containers, the First Nation says it's a temporary solution for locals including many of their 800 members living on reserve who've been driving up to three hours for essentials.
8: It's been a trial for a lot of the members to go through.
2: The June 2021 fire devastated the village, killing two people and displacing hundreds.
8: Scary. I didn't know what was going to happen at all.
2: The province and feds have dedicated more than $135 million to relief, cleanup and reconstruction. While some containers are being used as interim housing, Lytton's mayor says there's been no rebuilding. It's hoped this store is a sign of recovery. It's one service, one essential service that will help bring people back as they start to rebuild. Denise O'Connor has heard debris removal and soil remediation is coming to an end, but when is unclear. It's been extremely frustrating. We've been asking specifically for timelines and dates, um, but it's just not there. We're we're just not getting it. Depending on the speed of the rebuild, the store could remain stocked for two years.
0: Sometimes uh, stuff. Moves as slow as a dinosaur, but uh, we're still here. We're resilient.
2: Kristen Robinson, Global News. A Vancouver nonprofit is
1: marking one year of helping Ukrainian refugees settle in the region. Displays of Ukrainian culture were front and center at the Creekside Community Center today during the Colors of Ukraine festival. The day is meant to promote a unique Ukrainian culture as the country comes under continued attack by Russian forces.
2: At
4: this point, when our identity is one nation is trying to wipe out our identity, at this point, it is extremely important to show people exactly what Ukraine is all about. The event in the non-Ukrainian community had been also overwhelming. And to be honest with you, majority of the workshops that had been overbooked had been over, overbooked by the local Vancouverites
1: that are of the non-Ukrainian origin. <laughs> Organizers hope to repeat the experience as more and more Ukrainians continue to arrive in Vancouver. Next on the news hour, the home sharing solution for seniors. At the time that we moved in together, we were both uh, seniors. We were both still working. Need a roommate and a break on housing costs? The arrangement aimed at maximizing living space and companionship. Plus, I've never felt that. Hopeless and
10: connecting with my baby.
1: The popular drug prescribed off label to postpartum moms, now under review by Health Canada. What you need to know if you're taking Domperidone. That's after the break. Stay with us housing crisis in this province has many people thinking outside the box when it comes to finding an affordable roof over their head. And on the North Shore, a group of seniors are reimagining how the single-family home is being used and how it's shared. Kamal Karmali explains. It's an
9: experiment in matchmaking. This is really the, the first project like this in British Columbia. The Hollyburn Community Services Society in the North Shore sees a lot of seniors living alone in large homes.
7: They're isolated, maybe they're having difficulty with housework or yard work. So in steps
9: SFU's Renewable Cities Program with an idea to pair them up with people looking for affordable living spaces. Trying to figure out how do we increase uh, occupancy and take advantage of these emptying homes. The two have come together. Their belief, single family homes are an untapped opportunity to create a much needed rental housing supply. So it could be really mutually beneficial. Almost half of all BC housing is made up of single detached homes. 18% of those inhabited by one person. Most of them are over the age of 60. 38% are occupied by two people. Even if one in 10 of those homeowners added a secondary suite that would create almost 50,000 new affordable housing units. Ah. It's a living situation Bunny Brown found herself in for 11 years, renting her upstairs unit to a friend.
7: Definitely the shared costs. I mean, it, was, it would have been impossible for either one of us to be able to afford that kind of um, freedom.
9: For this real estate expert,
3: it's about time. Now I'm disappointed it's taken so long for it to get much, much attention in Vancouver. Although there are potential problems on the horizon. There's going to be concerns about crime. There's going to be concerns about a senior allowing a stranger to move into their house. There's a lot There's a lot of potential problems. But I think there's enough benefits from this that we look at.
9: The Housing Solutions Lab will run into 2024 in hopes the province is watching closely. Enough to create a BC-wide practice for home sharing. Kamil Karamali, Global News.
1: It's a popular drug commonly prescribed off-label to postpartum mothers to increase their milk supply, Domperidone. But for some women, it comes with big risks, and now it's on Health Canada's radar and under review. Rosanna Hempel explains.
11: Jennifer Ferger began taking Domperidone after giving birth in April 2021. She didn't realize how potent and serious it could be until her mental health fell into a dark place after coming off the drug. Ferger hopes speaking out will lead to more caution in administering the medication and more regulation across the country.
10: I've never felt that hopeless and connecting with my baby. I didn't I didn't feel, I felt like a complete zombie. I wasn't a human being.
11: Ferger tells Global News she experienced insomnia and intrusive thoughts. When she was first introduced to Domperidone, she recalls being told it was a normal and safe option for new parents struggling
10: to produce breast milk. I wish I had looked more into that drug um, and had gotten a second opinion. On
11: Tuesday, Health Canada announced a safety review was underway after multiple cases reported symptoms of withdrawal. The agency approves Domperidone prescriptions in treating gastrointestinal disorders, but says its use in boosting lactation isn't authorized in Canada, which experts say is controversial.
2: A lot of people argue that this is a completely safe drug and is very effective and that people are overstating all of the potential side effects and those are very, very rare. So I think it's it's good that Health Canada is doing the um the safety review, and hopefully we get some very clear recommendations or very clear at least analysis of the risks and benefits.
11: We also spoke with a longtime Saskatchewan lactation consultant who says this conversation also highlights the lack of breastfeeding supports available to new parents across the country. They say options like consultants aren't always accessible or considered before resorting to prescription drugs. Rosanna Hempel, Global News.
1: Coming up, the return request, long, long overdue.
0: That he would like to return his t-shirt after 42 years because obviously it was of poor quality as it uh, has deteriorated over time.
1: The varsity t-shirt that traveled the world and decades before it was finally exchanged, we will explain after the break. Stay with us. It is the cat that floated back and it has definitely used up one of its nine lives. Take a look at this. Students on campus at UBC Okanagan reported hearing that meowing coming from inside a storm drain. The local fire department, city staff and animal control were all called in. The storm drain was very deep and narrow, so fire crews could not get down to rescue the animal. Instead, they used a hose to fill up the hole and waited for the cat to float to the top. It took about three hours, but the plan worked. The cat was not hurt, just mad and wet. And is now in the care of the SPCA, looking a bit shocked to be there. Okay, that's so creative! Such (laughs) a good idea. Let it float up. Very smart. That is one wet cat. Avonshell is here with look at (laughs) our forecast. A lot of us can expect to be drenched this week as well. Yeah, they wouldn't have even. Yeah, they wouldn't have even need the
10: hose because we've got enough (laughs) rain that's going to fill that up for the cat to float. Thanks, Sarah, and good evening, everyone. Uh, Rain has been on and off, spotty through the day today, but it is really going to intensify, and that. That's what we're tracking for both our Monday leading in towards Tuesday. We actually have an atmospheric river that will be on deck. Spotty showers this evening, a bit of a drying trend. We can see that just along the west end. But this is what we're anticipating. This plume of moisture, atmospheric river is going to take aim. Along coastal regions, we are going to see the heaviest rainfall Monday leading in towards our Tuesday. Get those umbrellas ready as well as your wellies. Now, here's where the system is going to track. We'll see it along coastal areas. The heaviest rainfall both Monday and leading in towards our Tuesday paired with windy conditions and then we've got a nice break between systems will be on Wednesday before that unsettled condition pushes in once again with the next weather maker and that'll be towards our Thursday. We're looking at anywhere between 20 and upwards of 30 millimetres for Monday but taking us in towards our Tuesday the areas of concern with the rainfall warning that's currently in effect is for Howe Sound 15 up to 70 millimetres. These are rainfall amounts for both Monday and Tuesday and along the northern half of the province areas near Kitimat through Monday. So overnight through Monday could see up to 50 millimeters of rain so we are going to see a significant amount of rain and the area of concern if you're traveling along the mountain passes will be the pine pass through the day tomorrow five and up to 10 centimeters so check in with drivebc.ca for the latest road conditions so coastal areas will see the heaviest rainfall with windy conditions in the morning a few spots along the water could see those winds between 50 and up to 80 kilometers per hour bit of a transition for prince george wet snowfall changing over to rain the southeastern corners of the province could still see a few wet flurries drier for the Thompson Okanagan, and then all areas along the south coast and extending in towards the lower mainland. We'll be seeing that rainfall heavy at times. It'll be in waves. A few breaks will be in there, and then we'll anticipate a nice break on our Wednesday, even some sunshine in the mix and a high up to
1: six. Sarah? All right, Ivan, thank you. The UBC bookstore received a very odd exchange request last month from a man in the United Kingdom who made a purchase there 42 years ago. In a handwritten letter, Mark Gibbs of Wales said he'd visited the store as part of the Cardiff College Rugby Tour in 1981 and purchased a yellow Thunderbirds t-shirt, which he wore with pride over the years, including on trips to Greece and the United States. But Gibbs said he was very disappointed with the quality, claiming it had suffered much wear and tear. He requested a replacement t-shirt, including the original as evidence, along with photos of him wearing it during better times
0: it it was a complete complete
8: tongue-in-cheek saying look frankly this t-shirt was bought in 1981 and i'm not i'm not satisfied with the product you can see that it's shrunk there's holes in it it's discolored there's even paint stains on it and i expected better it was just to just to take the pee a little bit and have a little bit of fun
0: if we got the tone right, if we understood his sense of humour and and, and realised what he was doing, uh, then I thought it was a great idea just to uh, reward him for his cheekiness.
8: Steve was very, very dry, and he said, having inspected the garment, I'm in full agreement with you, and really, we should do better. 42 years perhaps slightly exceeded our returns policy, uh, but nonetheless... <laughs>
1: As you can see, Gibbs did receive his new T-shirt and he says it will also travel the world with him. The UBC bookstore has put the story on display, arranging Gibbs' torn shirt on a mannequin along with photos and the letter in an exhibit titled Built to Last, a customer review 40 years in the making. That is cheeky but smart, and it's made all the better by his accent as well. I think it It's
10: vintage vintage, <laughs> and customer service, like great customer service. Quite, yes, yeah. quite.
1: <laughs> quite, quite clever. Very delighted to see you.
8: Yeah, good to see you. Uh, Bo Horvat has uh, still not played his first game as an Islander, but he got a little bit of a gift today, an eight-year uh, contract extension for $66 million. So I guess they want Bo to stay, something that uh, the Canucks weren't able to pull off. So well, hear from Bo and Matthew Barzell who's from Coquitlam. Sounds like they're going to play together. So that could be a real dynamic duo. So that is all coming up. Yeah.
1: That's a pretty good deal, 66 million
8: bucks. Not bad for Bo, yeah. I mean <laughs> he was bad. only making five and a half million here in Vancouver mm-hmm. in US dollars. And uh, you know, so he deserved a raise. But you know, uh Bo is kinda like one of those guys, older soul, wants to stay somewhere, he doesn't want to jump around. Right. So he's in there.
1: Got All right, it. okay, thanks Barry, thanks the We'll see you both soon. Next on the news hour, overqualified and underemployed.
5: What message are we giving for this year? How might young people read that?
1: The systemic barriers standing in the way of Black Canadians in the workforce. The growing calls for change after the break. Recent census data looking into education levels and the workforce shows Black Canadians are more likely than anyone else to be overqualified for their jobs. Cal Benning reports.
5: The Canadian economy has seen labour force issues as it's re-emerged from the COVID-19 pandemic. But for Canada's Black population, workforce problems are seen as systemic. Agape Gasessa learned it firsthand as a teen.
1: Having to um, lean on community organizations and social services to be able to navigate and figure my way out in this country um, has been, was a challenge.
5: Black Canadians are the most overqualified racialized group when it comes to employment. That according to 2021 census data recently released by Statistics Canada. The average overqualification rate is 11%. But for Black Canadians... It's 16%.
6: Even when you put in all of the different controls and factors that tend to contribute to differences in jobs and in wages, it does
2: not fully explain these kinds of disparities.
5: Statistics Canada considers overqualification as people who have reached a bachelor's degree or higher from a post-secondary institution but are working jobs that require a high school diploma. For other racialized groups like South Asians and Latin Americans, Stats Canada noted they had higher overqualification rates because of accreditation issues for degrees from international universities. But for Canada's black population, it didn't matter whether it was a recent immigrant or a settled Canadian, the rate of overqualification remained around 16%. Carl James is a York University professor who has researched education and heritage. He says a societal shift is needed so Black graduates can reach their full potential. What message are we giving to the students? How might young people read that and, as, as, uh, as possible uh, to their detriment? These barriers are what convinced Cassessa to work at the C-Centre for Young Black Professionals in Toronto. But she says until that shift happens, the cycle will continue.
4: There's also this facade and this carrot dangled that says, like, we're inclusive, we want to, to do better, and we, um, you know, we, everyone is able to kind of meet their dreams here. And that's just systemically not true.
5: Kyle Benning, Global News.
1: Coming up, the former Canucks captain signs a new deal, plus the octogenarians who will never be sidelines. My name
8: is Robin Ross. I'm 80 years old. John Phillips, uh, 85 Ben Mason and I'm 89 years old.
1: Still dominating on skates in their senior years. Meet the hockey pros proving age really is just a number. That's coming up after sports. Stay with us. Global BC and 980
6: CKNW are proud sponsors of this year's Pink Shirt Day. We're celebrating our diversity and embracing our cultures and identities in more open and direct ways. Help lift each other up and support programs that encourage healthy self-esteem and compassion. Get your pink shirt at pinkshirtday.ca. Wear Red Day is a day to raise awareness about women's cardiovascular health. Celebrate the day with a free in-person and live-streamed event. A conversation with experts in women's heart and brain health. For Our BC, I'm Michael Newman. Our BC is brought to you by London Drugs. CKNW Kids Fund Pink Shirt Day is on February 22nd. Get your pink shirt merchandise now at London Drugs.
1: Welcome back. Okay. Major upgrade for Boho Red.
8: Yeah. This is uh, the yeah. money he deserves, I Financially, guess. Financially, monetarily. And, yeah. The, yeah. The, the Islander GM, Lou Lamorello, who's uh, <laughs> notoriously cheap and old school, says the contract is for too much money hmm. and it's for too long, but that's just okay. the way it is these days. And. Bo got what was coming to him, which is a lot of dough. Thanks, Sarah. Bo Horvat uh, won't play his first game for the Islanders until tomorrow at uh, 4 o'clock against Philadelphia, but that did not stop the Isles from signing Horvat to a massive eight-year, $66 million contract extension today. Horvat's the kind of guy who loves stability, and now he's got it. He spent the first eight and a half seasons of his career with the Canucks. Now he's set to spend the next eight and a half on the Island. He practiced today for the first time with his new team and skated on a line with Coquitlam's Matthew Barzell.
6: been a, a mental grind of a year, uh, to say the least. And, um, you know, to, to finally, you know, lock it in and, and, uh, and kind of be set up uh, somewhere for, you know, the unknowing was was kind of the, the place or the thing that was kind of hindering, you know, me and my family the most. So to we'll be locked in here for a year is special to me, it's special to my
0: family, and uh, we can't wait to get everybody here. I feel like, you know, the Islanders haven't had a spark like this in a while, so it's... Uh, no, it's, it's, a, it's huge for organization for me and for the guys in the room and um, for our fans, for everybody. So we uh, it's a commitment to uh, what we want to build here. Um, I think Bo knows that probably being here just even a day that we, we're trying to build something special here and um, he's going to be a key piece, so it's, uh, it's a big moment.
6: It was great playing with him at Worlds there the one time and uh, he's got so much skill and so much uh, you know ability to make plays and, and it's going to be a treat this game alongside him. Um, you know, if we're playing together again tomorrow, it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Can't wait.
8: And we will love to see that happen for sure. BC boys will be front and center at this summer's NHL draft. Of course, Connor Bedard will go number one and make one lucky team extremely happy. Uh, but there's more. Chilliwack Zach Benson, who plays for the Winnipeg Ice, could go top five. And Richmond's Lucas Dragosevic is also a projected first rounder. He plays for Tri-City and will be one of the most coveted defensemen in the draft.
3: Now to the right side of Greenway, up top. Dragicevic scores!
8: Lucas Dragicevic is the top-ranked defenseman in North America for the upcoming NHL draft, and that's pretty impressive on its own merit. Even more impressive when you discover Dragicevic's only been playing defense for three years. He used to be a forward, but the move to the blue line has been the right one. He's got 56 points in 47 games for Tri-City, tops among defensemen in the Western Hockey League. And he's always looking to get better, so he watches very
3: closely NHL players who have a similar style. Look at all the offensive puck moving guys, like mostly the right-handers like John Carlson or Rasmus Sanderson. So I look at those two guys and try and model my game after them. But um, at the end of the day, no, I just try and play my game. I don't think there's one specific guy that plays like me, but I just uh, try and play my best and try and bring my best foot forward every single time I step on the ice.
8: Lucas also comes from a hockey family. His dad Milan was the Vancouver Giants first ever coach back in 2001, four years before Lucas was even born. And Milan is coached at UBC and run hockey academies. So it's a resource Lucas taps
3: into often. Every time I had a hockey question he'd answer it for me or every time I was was there he was also, uh, he was helping me out no matter what it was. So uh, he was awesome for me and he definitely helped me become the player I am right now and the person I am. Connor Bedard coming in there, and there's
8: Dragicevic. And he's got some edge to his game. Just ask Connor Bedard, who was on the wrong end of a few punishing shots in the prospects game last month in Langley. It's that all-around game that makes Dragosevic a hot commodity on draft day. He figures to be a first-rounder in what many are calling one of the best drafts in over a decade.
3: Yeah, it's always something I think about. It's something that I, uh, I dreamed of growing up. But uh, at the end of the day, if I get drafted, I get drafted. I don't really care who I go to. It's the NHL. So I'll be happy with whoever takes me.
5: Back-door play, score! Lucas Draga civic catches. He's got-
8: and actually, Lucas was in town, just uh, finished playing at the uh, Langley Event Center. Tri-City falls to the Giants 4-1, and Victoria leads Kamloops 3-2 after two. Meanwhile, Connor Bedard and the Pats in Medicine Hat. Bedard's 35-game point streak snapped Friday in Lethbridge. Took him a minute tonight to start a new scoring streak. That's his league-leading 45th goal. But the Pats lose 5-1. But Bedard leads the Western League with 91 points. He leads the scoring race by 19. Kyrie Irving demanded a trade from the Brooklyn Nets on Friday. Today he got his wish. Kyrie is heading to Dallas in a blockbuster deal that has the Mavs hope will make them a playoff contender in the West. The Nets get Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and first and second round picks in 2027 and 2029. Irving's got talent. But he's a magnet for drama. We'll see if he and Luka Doncic can get along in Dallas. NBA today, Raptors finishing off their seven-game road trip in Memphis. But no Ja Morant or Dylan Brooks for the Grizzlies. Raps were down big early. But precious Achua with the alley-oop dunk from Fred Van Vliet. Memphis by three at the half. Fourth quarter, it's Achua again on the baseline. The Raptors bench also had a big day Chris Boucher 17 the Raptors bench scored 40 now under 30 seconds to go wraps down one but Scotty Barnes hits the clutch shot 13 fourth quarter points for Barnes Toronto pulls it out 106-103 they go to four on three uh, four and three on the seven game trip and they're now just a half game out of the playoffs long day at Pebble Beach but uh, hey not a bad place to have a long day had to finish off the third round this morning after nasty wind halted play Saturday 2019 champ Nick Taylor of Abbotsford with the birdie at the first. Nick did complete his round today, posted minus 8, currently tied 21st. Another Canadian, Taylor Pendrith, makes a birdie from the fringe here. Pendrith had the best round of the day, 8 under 64, currently tied 5th at minus minus 12, three off the lead, but the leaders still have a long ways to go. Justin Rose eagled the 6th, and then at number 7, rolls in the birdie to take the lead. He is at 15 under, but they had to halt play about an hour ago because of darkness. The leaders have about eight holes to go. They will restart tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. English Premiership Harry Kane and Tottenham hosting second place Man City. An historic day for Kane. 15th minute After the city turnover, Kane with one of his cool finishes, and this is his 267th goal for Spurs, making him the all-time leader, passing Jimmy Greaves. That record stood for over 50 years, and it was also his 200th Premiership goal. Only two others have ever done that, Wayne Rooney and Alan Shearer. It was also the game winner. Spurs win 1-0. They're now fifth, just a point behind fourth place. Newcastle and National Lacrosse League from Rogers Arena last night on wrestling night. Vancouver's own Bollywood boys providing the entertainment. Warriors uh, put up a good fight early. Nice solo effort here by Adam Charlembeides. Beats the former Warrior goalkeeper Alex Bouquet and then in the second quarter Keegan Ball also with a brilliant solo effort spins away drives and scores. Vancouver led 6-5 at the half but their offense really dried up in the second half. Coquitlam boy Robert Church with one of his two on the night for the rush and Saskatchewan win 14-8. The Warriors are 1-7 last in the West. And a week from tonight, you will have a Super Bowl champion, Chiefs and Eagles. And uh, right now the Eagles are two-point favorites, but it's going to be a close game. So still a week to wait for that.
1: Exciting Sunday for Mm -hmm. sure. Okay, sticking with the sports theme, coming up, meet the seniors on skates that prove age is just a number. Stay with us.
6: This is BC with Jay Durant is brought to you by JM Media. Visit jmmedia.ca.
1: Well, age is just a number, and that is clearly the case for a group of octogenarians whose love of hockey will never be sidelined. Here's Jay Durant with tonight's This is BC. My shoulder pads, 1973, Winnipeg Jets.
0: 50 years with this gear, nothing but duct tape holding together Norm Bowden's equipment. Do they still protect you? Oh, yeah, especially when I run into these older guys, you know. My name is Robin Ross, I'm 80 years old. John Phillips,
8: uh, 85. Lynn Mason, and I'm 89 years old.
0: This one's for anyone who's ever heard someone say maybe it's time to give it up. For every player out there who's told to move on. For the guys in our group, it's basically what keeps them alive. It keeps them going, it keeps their blood pumping, it keeps their heart working. Which makes it high octane, octogenarian hockey for this gang. Some great athletes showing that they can still play. Like John Phillips who was a certified snowboard instructor up until last year after getting hooked on the sport in the 80s. There's no helmets and uh, the equipment was terrible and by noon our brains were getting scrambled. And Lynn Mason who once skipped BC at the Briar Canadian Curling Championship. He's a founding member of the Burnaby Winter Club.
8: When I first started there it was just a um, raspberry patch.
0: From that field emerged a hockey factory.
8: All you gotta do is go to the club and see all the banners there. I don't think there's enough room anymore to, to put banners.
0: Time has slowed their game, but at 81, Norm Bowden can still fly. A star player with the WHA Winnipeg Jets, he lit it up alongside Bobby Hull in 73.
8: When I gave him the puck, I knew where it was going, you know, in the net. Let's score!
0: Getting tired. Working as hard as ever, always ready to help his new teammates.
6: When a couple guys fall, we need about four guys to pick them up, you know.
0: We need some back checking. A little chirping on the ice. Old habits die hard amongst an ageless group that has no intention of giving up the game they love. Well, the first
8: thing they say, you you don't play hockey when you get old. Well, you
1: don't get old if you play hockey. Jay Durant, Global News. Okay, they are amazing. If you know a great story or something unique to BC that people need to know about, email your ideas to Jay at thisisbc at globalnews.ca. Talk about inspiring. They Holy still cow.
8: have the good hands, I see. Holy good, smooth cow. moves. <laughs> Veteran savvy. (laughs) No
1: kidding. And they look amazing, too. Okay. Before we go tonight, we've got some exciting news to share. The global news baby boom continues. Our work family has grown once again with the arrival of beautiful baby Grace. Seen here, she's the new daughter of our producer, Owen Monroe, and his partner, Leanna. Grace arrived this weekend at seven pounds, 15 ounces. Congratulations, Owen and Leanna. And welcome to the world, adorable (laughs) baby Grace. Wow, she is so cute. Owen is our morning show mm. weekend producer as well. Congratulations. You'll have an announcement
8: soon, right? In a few months. <laughs> yeah. I want to make the announcement. <laughs> I've already got dibs.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Quick weather
10: before we go. <laughs> Uh, Heavy rain on the way uh, for both our Monday, Tuesday. Uh, We could see anywhere upwards of 30 millimeters for tomorrow. A bit of a break in between systems will be on our Wednesday. Get the umbrellas handy, wellies, gumboots, all that stuff (laughs) Mm -hmm. for your Monday. You feel like you repeat
8: yourself a lot, Yvonne? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
10: It depends. We're living in Vancouver, so I enjoy it. It's to be expected.
1: (laughs) Okay,
5: that's all for us this evening. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you right back here at (laughs) 11
1: o'clock.
8: Good night.